Hey listeners, Chloe here. If you need to stay as up-to-date with the latest developments and innovations in the luxury industry as I do, you need to dive into Vogue Business. It's your ticket to a global perspective on fashion and beauty, delivering exclusive insights that will give you the edge in this competitive, dynamic industry. Just visit VogueBusiness.com today and use the code RUN20 at checkout to join the Vogue Business community. That's VogueBusiness.com, promo code RUN20. Don't miss out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast is supported by Macy's. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Shop by price, 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrances and handbags. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything or for grandma. Macy's has all the hottest gift ideas like Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs, and more. Go to Macy's.com slash gift finder to shop. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder today. This is The Run Through. I'm Chloe Mal. And I'm Chaminati. Today we bring you a conversation that my colleague Taylor Antrim and I had with the extremely charming and so talented actor Andrew Scott. Oh, he love him. probably, for better or for worse, <laughs> is best known for his role as the hot priest in Fleabag. But as you will soon see from our conversation, he has been in so many other things, both on stage and screen. And oh, we just Taylor was swooning as much as I was. Oh, I love him. I mean, I loved Fleabag. And he was at the GQ Awards in London, GQ Man, Man of the Year Awards. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge gave the most glowing speech about him. And he Aww. just seems like he's just a wonderful person to work with. And yeah, it was really touching moment. So I'm also jealous that you were able to talk to him. We spoke to him when he was in New York and he was doing press for his new film, which just came out um, in theaters, All of Us Strangers, with the gorgeous and fabulous Paul Meskel. He also recently shot Ripley, which is a spinoff of The Talented Mister, that is coming to Netflix sometime in the new year. And I have to say, All of Us Strangers is just extremely gut-wrenching, but really poignant and romantic. Um, Andrew and Paul play neighbors who uh, become lovers. It's also a sort of peon to family and loss and regret and the conversations we wish we could have had with our loved ones. So it's, uh, I really, I recommend it, but ring Kleenex. Yeah, I've heard it's, I've heard a few people have recommended to me, but also said bring Kleenex. <laughs> also, Andrew just finished a one-man version of Vanya in the West End, where he played every part, just the physical exertion that that must have taken Oof. Uh, every night. I can't even imagine. But it was fun to talk to him about that as well. Yeah, I'm so I'm so sad I missed it. It was closing just as I was arriving in London. 
Well, you can see the movie instead. So, so tell me, what did he wear to come to see to the Vogue offices? Oh, he looked so fabulous. He kind of looked Ripley-esque. He was wearing this, like, cashmere button-down polo cardigan and white suede loafers. Shoma, uh, you know how I feel about loafers. White suede loafers in New York in That's what I said. I the said they were, they were car shoes. He was going car to car, door to door. I it mean, was not a walking clearly not, not stomping the streets of downtown. No, not, not at all. But you know what? They looked good. <laughs> they were Louboutins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear this conversation. What do you like to do in New York when you visit? Walk. Okay. Not in those. Not in these shoes. Uh, no, yeah, I like to walk around. I'm a big walker in London, actually, as well. I live pretty centrally in London. and uh, So, yeah, that's how you get to see a city. I mean, I would normally go to the theatre, but we're, I'm, I'm scheduled like a young pop star. <laughs> a child oh. pop star being ferried around. What were um, your big events? I saw you went to the Gotham Awards. Yes, we went to the Gotham Awards. Um, Beautiful Prada, Prada situation. Oh, yeah, a bit of a Prada situation. I really love clothes mm-hmm. and I love um, color so yeah it was just it's it's a strange thing um, uh, having to wear lots of different types of clothes and wear them only once I think there's I something know. that we have to um, <laughs> we have to look at in relation to that I love color and I, I really embrace the fact that now men are allowed to wear color because it does get a little bit boring just wearing black tie I think boring. I think and uh, and when I'm not a big fan of a tie. Mm. Don't love wearing a tie. No, that's fine. Is that yeah. all right? I think it's okay. I think ties, I mean, they're poised for a comeback, I would say. Not a lot of ties well, around. T- yeah. Uh, and when, when you wear one, talk about feeling a little subversive. You yeah. feel like you're sort of, you're sort of freaking people out. If you I like a tie a, yeah, on. like a little tiny tie, I don't mind. Because I'm a little uh, yeah. smaller gentleman. I don't like those. Do you remember those big, huge, massive, Very wide, wide ties. ties? Yeah. yeah. That's not a good look for me. But yeah. if you have a tiny tie, you have to have the right collar, which I was little, told. Yeah. Because I had like a spread collar once and a narrow, one of those sort of band of outsiders ties, and someone told me it was all wrong. Right. And I, yeah. that's always stuck with me. You need a little tiny little collar. Yeah. I like tiny, tiny every, old, old <laughs> tiny clothes I can wear. <laughs> I always know. Sort I'm of like, doll-like. if it's tiny, that'll fit. That'll, 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 that'll work. Well, I, I do want to. I mean, I love the film, and I want to talk oh, to you about you. it. But I thought, I thought maybe we could start. I have a, I have a theory. I want to run by you. We yeah. are both men in our forties. Yes, and I, I think that one Should is be best. Good. One, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe's so excited. Um, one is best equipped to handle attention and fame mm. when one is a little older. Yes. And what, what I found, um, I discovered you when you were in the second season of Fleabag. How are you handling fame? <laughs> <laughs> this is really about me. <laughs> I know, the whole theory is really about me. I'm, I'm, I'm poised to enjoy fame any moment. Um, <laughs> well, after this, this, this airs, I, I'm gonna, I think you should hire yourself a whole All bets team. All are off. <laughs> All right. The run-through will be back in just a moment. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? 
Maybe a chef-grade range made you want to hone your cooking skills, or a high-tech tennis racket made you want to work on your backhand. I recently bought a new pair of running shoes, and that made me love hitting the pavement again. Well, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. And we're back. You became a bit of a phenomenon with that um, second season of Fleabag. And um, I just wonder what that was like. I've never, I never felt when I was not uh, well-known that I was failing in a sense. And now mm. that I'm a bit more well-known, I don't feel like I've sort of made it in, in, in that sense. And so I was really, really um, obsessed with kind of, without sounding like worthy about it, but I was really interested in become, getting to become a good actor. Mm. And if I'm honest, I think I have to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back about that because there were actually were opportunities in my 20s huh. where I could have, my profile could have been, you know, higher or whatever, and the bank balance could have been a little bit better. Right. But I don't know. You have to look at what's of actual value. And sometimes putting yourself in a TV series that's of a certain standard, but not great standard, yeah. uh, you would be contracted for five years in your 20s or your 30s. For me, that always just felt like it was actually closing doors rather than uh, opening mm. them for me. And of course, your your profile, um, which is the thing that people measure actor success on, increases. But that's not necessarily the thing that I've measured my success on. So even though, of course, at some point you want to go, I want to be able to buy my parents dinner. I had absolutely no cash and I want to be able to, you know, live a little bit of a life. So I feel like you have to surf that. And I've always been quite... Um, ferocious in kind of decision making even in my early 20s I kind of I think because I needed acting so much to sort of examine myself it was a, such a it was such a savior for me really that I really wanted to be able to to explore things in my work that probably in my early 20s I wasn't particularly comfortable with um exploring in my personal life you know so yeah, I, yeah. so work of uh, work that was sort of authentic and and meaningful to me was really important and much more important than anything else. And maybe challenging, too. You seem like someone who is not afraid of a challenging, you know, role no, and no. maybe is drawn to it. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think most um, I think most actors would tell you that. The challenge thing makes me think of Vanya. Um, I haven't seen it, but it, there was the talk of the office at Vogue. Just, oh, sounds I'm, exhausting. You play all the characters. Play all yes, the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that seems to me, was that the hardest thing you've ever taken on? Uh, no, the hardest thing I ever took on was Hamlet. Because Hamlet was, oh, yeah. we did a four-hour version of it, and we did it 150 times, and it's in um, iambic pentameter, and it's totally exhausting. We did it about five years ago, and I literally got over got over it about last last week. Jeez. No, no, it's that that's really hard. And so after you do that, yeah, 
everything seems more possible. Having said that, Vanya was um, a crazy idea um, to do this version of it. It's one man on his own, uh, me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking in the, in the third person. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, we did, it was two hours and, um, yeah, it was, it was an awful lot. In fact, I, I was, it, it kind of gut punched me afterwards. I got very, you know, physically and after, after you do eight shows a week and on a show like that afterwards, because you, Everything else in your life has to slightly go on the on the on the back burner, yeah. and so because you're like, well, I've got two shows today, I can't, you know, pay that bill, I can't do the, you know, you know, or emotionally go to places because you have to keep, you know, keep yourself for the for the audiences, and then so when it's over, you're just your serotonin levels are just incredibly low and physically because the body, as they say, keeps the score, and your body's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Is there like a almost like a physical fitness thing you have to do to be able to to keep up with that a little bit yeah yeah i think i think you have to it's extraordinary what's the vanya workout regimen exactly (laughs) exactly it's crying in the morning it's a lot of beats exactly (laughs) thinking about moscow um no you 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 do i think i mean physical exercise is something that i I find very helpful anyway Mm. but it's really weird when you're in a play you carry the play you know you're only doing it for you're only at the theater for maybe three or four hours in the evening but you carry it around with you all day and Mm. I used to wake up in the morning and think oh my god I can't do that again I can't but it was really brilliant you know I really believe I don't believe in like high art and low art really I really I love the Chekhov is incredibly funny and I really wanted it to be funny and I really wanted it for the audience to get what what Chekhov means and um, so it was very sort of playful in that sense and I think it's there's going to be a film version that the yeah they've recorded it for oh that's exciting yeah Yeah, so that'll that's like your Taylor Swift eras uh, it's exactly exactly it's Chekhov Andrew's version (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, speaking of crying and sex scenes, I was, I mean, watching All of Us Strangers, it is just wrenching. And I wonder, what is the hardest? Is it hardest to do a sobbing scene or to do a sex scene? What takes the most toll out on you or what is the most exciting? What's the most vulnerable making? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that's a really good question. I suppose they have, you have different fears. I don't find... With the, you know, the vulnerable stuff in it, and obviously had to bring a lot of my own, uh, I suppose, pain is the word mm. to the to the to the story. But that to me is just such a pleasure. It's yeah. such a it's such a. It's why you do it. Right? It's why it's why you do it, and and um, the fact that I would be able to express that and for people to be hel- helped or seen in some way by it is extraordinary to me because I never thought that would ever that would ever be the case for me. And then the physical side of it, the. The nakedness is, um, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to just to catch people up, this is um, this is a film about a screenwriter. You play a screenwriter yes, in sort of yeah. a lonesome London high yeah, rise, yeah. and you fall into a sort of love affair with a neighbor played yeah. by Paul Mescal, who yeah. we oh. all Paul Mescal, yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah. Swoon. Chloe Doris has seen him in exactly one movie. Don't, don't care. Uh, oh yeah, no, care. he's, he's extraordinary. Uh, I've seen him in everything. He's great. Yeah. What I thought watching it, I remember seeing it at the New York Film Festival. I, I, I'm really interested in the director's work, Andrew Hay. I thought this is a very personal story of mm. his, and I thought to myself, talking to you, I thought, okay, well, you're stepping into someone's quite personal story. Mm. And so what was that like? How do you make the role something personal to you? Yeah. Or do I, do I have it wrong about Andrew? I mean, no, it just you absolutely, like, you have it absolutely right. Yeah. I, I, I think of it like a marriage between 
his story and mine. Mm. Um, we shot it in his childhood home. I read that, yeah. Which is, which is extraordinary. I know, that's amazing. And, you know, in this suburban home. And so when somebody sort of throws down the gauntlet like that to say, I'm, I'm bringing, yeah. you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to go back to my childhood home when I was nine or ten years old. Just the, the, even the smell of the place or the aspect or the perspective looking out into the garden, you know, um, and to have this crew kind of come in and create the story is so wonderful to me. So that just made me just feel like, well, if, if he's offering that up as well as this beautiful sort of personal tender script, I've got to bring my own stuff. So you create right. something and you, you sort of intermingle our own experiences. The big challenge of it, to be honest, was to how do you go back to a childish place where you get the sense that this, this man um, has sort of regressed into childhood as he's talking to his parents who in the film are played by Jamie Bell and, and, and Claire Foy who are younger than me mm. um, and uh, we meet them at a time when uh, they, he kind of conjures them back. We talk to them uh, as they were when, when he lost them when right. he was 11 and they were maybe in their 30s. So you're almost enacting the boy exactly because they died in a car crash yeah. and when yeah. he was young. So. And, 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 but, and to try not to be too specific about it and how he has to sort of let them know about his own life as yeah. it's come and how he's an adult now and and so he has to tell them about himself and he has to um, tell them about the world as it is now and he has to spend time with them. And and I really just what I think it's the film is about is about um, somebody who is in kind of purgatory on their own and needs to be seen and loved by his parents in order for him to love. Yeah. To, it's, you know, it's about, you know, to love and to be loved. That's that's what we all want to want to do. So it's incredibly tender and very um I think it's incredibly beautiful and a very sort of audacious, imaginative idea. It's, it's kind of a lonesome movie. It's about loneliness to a degree. Yeah. And, and there's so much like TikTok is like fueled by loneliness right now. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen these sort of trends. People love enacting their loneliness on TikTok and it yeah. goes viral. Really? Yes, yes. And Filming it seemed like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so like, like a Mitski song suddenly becomes top of the charts because everyone is putting this like sad yeah. sounding song on yeah. TikTok and it's popping. Anyway, so it seemed very of the moment and it's great. And I, I imagine everyone would like to imagine themselves – having a love affair with Paul Mescal too. So oh, that, that absolutely. Works. I also want to know, I, I have dreams of what do Andrew and Paul do during filming? Like what was your hanging out off time? Did you uh, cook together? Are you, I mean, did we cook, cook together? together. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. When I talked to all the ladies who did um, The Lost Daughter, they had such great stories about when they were filming together. They, they all cooked and had rosé every night. <laughs> Olivia Colman got, she told me, she was like, yeah, I That sounds like Olivia Colman. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 that sounds, yeah, yeah. Well, that, 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 we did not cook together. <laughs> We had, we had Haribo tang fastics. There you go. Um, we probably drank together. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, during the thing, during the filming, you know, we had not a lot of time to film it. We were filming it in North London, in, in West London, and uh, um, but I absolutely adore Paul. You know, he's a really hard worker. Mm. Mm. I love that in actors, I, I, because you know, somebody who really cares and wants to be there, be there. And he saw something in that character, which is a supporting character. Um, and he's interested in, in, in acting and getting it right. And sometimes in the, you know, when you're talking about these films, you, you never actually get uh, get the chance to sort of say how hard um, these people, like, people like Paul work. And um, so what did we do? We, we um, <laughs> well, it's more in the, you know, we've, we've just been starting this, you know, our, our promotional uh, duties for them. Oh, yeah, you're doing your sort of a duo press tour? 
Yes, we well we we have been doing that. Yeah, so we've got. I we've, love we've, his outfits for press tours. I yeah, have to say, yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, he's really stylish, stylish boy. Oh, he? such a stylish boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we've. Are gone. you guys coordinating your outfits? We are. We have a. a, a sl- are weirdly, your stylists in touch? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the thing. I think we just have a sort of weird, similar. I don't know what the hell. Some witchy on. power. <laughs> witchy power. Telepa- <laughs> we're telepathically linked, but um, uh, yeah, no, we've gone sort of slightly feral in, in our in our. In, in our our promotional tour, everybody's like, okay, calm down, calm down, boys. I was talking to a, an actress who was at Vogue just yesterday, actually, and she was she has a big role coming out in 2024, and she talked about this thing she did to get the part, which is a chemistry read. Now, I've heard mm. about this before. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done a chemistry read, and did you have to do one with Paul? No. Thank we didn't, God. We didn't, so it uh, strikes did. me as the most awkward sounding thing <laughs> I can Well, they imagine. shouldn't call it a chemistry read. You know, what it means is an audition. Yeah. And they're trying to see if the two of you have chemistry. And then if you don't get it, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> a lack of chemistry. <laughs> a lack of chemistry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chemistry-free read. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's like, do you have a sort of, you know, like a sexy vibe between Ooh. you? Like, it's, I, think it's, I think it's slightly <laughs> Yikes. slightly, slightly old school. But like, yeah. I, I have done them in the past. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I've, done, I've done that thing where you go in and you're in, the, in, in, you've already been cast. And then they bring in five people to read opposite you. Wow. And it's always a really, it's very informative, actually. And actually, ultimately, what it, what, it, what it led me to believe was that nobody really cares what you think of the script. <laughs> when you come in and go, what do you think of the script? And oh, they always ask go, you that. Yeah, that's what, you, what yeah. do you think of the script? Like, you're not going to say, <laughs> I didn't, it doesn't go, I didn't, it wasn't really for me. Although then some <laughs> people, I remember one time an actor did say that. They're like, I don't really like it. And then you're just like, oh, wow, what are you doing here? Yeah. It's yeah. just sort of arrogant. But it's like sometimes when you're, you're, you know, you're doing press. It's an unusual sometimes th- things because you're saying like, well, what first drew, drew you to the script? No one would ever say, well, I had serious doubts but, <laughs> or I had a mortgage to pay or, you know, <laughs> people don't really, you know, I, I don't know if you find that like talking to people, but do you find it like, you know, having to ask the same questions? Do you find that oppressive sometimes? Or? Uh, well, absolutely. And I I think one just doesn't do it. I think yeah. the inexperienced people yeah. do it. Well, it's a different. It's a difficult thing. It's a, it's it's an unusual thing because sometimes the publication that you're talking to is very respectful, but then there's like other oh, tributary sure. articles, and you t- some, something is taken out, and then that becomes something else, and something else, and then uh, uh, the de- uh, dreaded Daily Mail spinoff. Right, right, exactly. And then you have, and then you know, there, there's a thing. Has that, that ever I, happened to you? Oh, it happens on every interview that you do. That's right. something, you know, uh, mercifully, I don't have that kind of scrutiny yeah. on me. But but um, definitely things that you think, oh, that's completely or something that becomes a headline that you think that was just literally a passing, passing thing. A, a really brilliant um, uh, actress said to me once that you should in an interview dare to be bland, uh, which is probably not. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. um, um, uh, no, uh, terrible advice. Even terrible advice for you guys. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's a tricky thing because obviously you want to have a nice time and you want yeah. to, you want to, yeah. you want, it's an, it's an, inter, it's an interchange, isn't it? Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's sometimes just the, it's the, the seedier elements of things that you have to just sort of protect yourself against. I want to know what culture Andrew is consuming this season. Like, and I actually, <laughs> I heard a formative moment for you as a young man was reading 
a Barbara Streisand biography. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Is that true? Yes. And then it just, the, the 900 page tone well, just, came know, just came have out. Have I got a I book know. for you? Have yeah. I got a book for you? <laughs> have you I read did. it? I, no, I have not. Yes. I have because not yet she done. does the audiobook and it is That's quite a treat. Special. <laughs> I mean, forget have you done it. Forget Hamlet doing that audio I was book? listening. Uh, our, <laughs> our culture writer is a longtime Barbara fan and she's been playing it for everyone, and it is just a, a real Barbara delight. It's a little bit of a cliche, but I do love a bit of Streisand. I mean, <laughs> look, the talent is there. I'm, why, why am I defending this? You shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, the talent is there. Oh, my God, it's sort of extraordinary. Um, and I uh, also heard that you're a big Esther Perel fan. Oh, my God, I'm obsessed with Oh, Esther tell Perel. us about that. Oh, my God. Taylor I, I, I loves gen- her. <laughs> I genuinely think that Esther Perel is a hero of our time. Mm. Uh, I agree. I think the way that she talks about human relationships and human sexuality is so compassionate and wise. I feel like she's not anti either sex. I think she has a way of constructing a sentence that's that's just sort of unbelievable, you know, to listen to. And I just love what she says about, uh, just about the way love manifests itself. Mm. And, you know, you know, her sort of dismissal of, of, um, those kind of tropes that we hear like deal breaker, that would be a deal breaker. And then just that, that the that the seeming nature of relationships isn't uh, is, is 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 to be looked at and or just her lack of judgmentalness, I think is I mean that's the thing. It. It's so hard in the culture right now to find someone who's wise and not or who is magnetic to listen to yeah. or read and is also not giving you delicious judgments to kind yeah. of like, you know, yeah. spin out on. Because that's what most of our sort of consumption is about, yeah. judging this, judging that. And she doesn't do that. Yeah, it just feels like, it feels like, I think what we're really missing in the culture slightly is to be able to ask questions and to be able to listen. And I, I really notice I've, I've kind of devoured a lot of her stuff, yeah. the way she listens to people and she has a very considered answer to many things. And I think to have somebody who's able to speak without sensationalism is really important in in our in our culture. And I love couples therapy as well on Showtime. Yeah, that show's great. <laughs> <laughs> My wife loves that show. Right. She, yeah. I'm like, all right. Do right, you guys watch it together? No. Yeah, they yeah. Watch, no. They watch separate TV with headphones on next to each other. <laughs> do you really? Swear to God. <laughs> yeah. He, wait, yeah. hold on a second. Wait, wait, doesn't everyone do this? No, no He's, one else does this except you guys. You have separate TV with headphones on. We've been married a long time. We're, we're <laughs> no, very happily uh, yeah. together. But there is something about the pressure of finding things that you both are going to enjoy totally. at the same speed. Yeah. And we just – there are a few things that we enjoy. But for the most part, she really likes her, like, you yeah. know, British reality shows yeah. and her Bravo shows, which I can't. Hang what, watch, yeah. Um, I do. I do like my squash TV subscription. <laughs> do you mean like actual squash playing the the sport squash? The sport squash, yeah. Wow, I thought it was like like butternut. No. Oh my no. god, incredible! No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't you really. said you said that uh, fitness was important to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and so is butternut squash. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's why I wanted to, to decide. And when we when we go for a walk, we we talk about what we've been watching and um, fill each other in. It's cute. Yeah, that is cute. <laughs> that is cute. Perel, come on the Wait, pod. What tell TV me, shows tell are me what you... I'm doing wrong. What TV shows are you watching, Andrew? <laughs> uh, what TV shows um, am I? Any Crown for you? I'm about to get into the Crown. Okay. Once we get rid of because we're literally we, uh, the schedule on this has been crazy who haven't really watched anything. I have to get back into Drag Race UK because that's a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a big uh, thing for me. See, it's movie time at the moment yeah, yeah, because yeah. of all the... You yeah, know, what the, movies have you loved? Past Lives. Oh, past I haven't, lives see, I haven't seen... So all the ones I want to see in May, May December, Maestro. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, I, I, I love Past Lives. We had Greta on a oh, few months she ago and special? she's fabulous and it's oh my just God, spectacular. I love her. And, and what, we had her in the magazine too. Everyone's fallen in love oh, with Greta Oh, she's Lee. just so... She's, have you been in anything with her? Have you 
you? No, not not yet. You no. guys uh, seems yeah. like yeah, I would watch that. Whatever yeah, that is, no. whatever that project is. We we hung out a couple of weeks ago and uh, strikes over. So let's fun. get on it. Yeah, let's get absolutely <laughs> get, get on it. I'm I'm actually very happy not to act for a little while. I think he can sort of act too much. Okay, uh, okay. I've been acting my socks off. <laughs> Shh, Andrew. What are you doing when you're not acting? Are you? I mean, I know people have this sort of dream of you and Phoebe Waller Bridge sort of dancing around London <laughs> together. But like, is that, what? what is that, the sort that's, of... That's not far from the truth. <laughs> what are you doing when you're not acting? And is Phoebe playing a role in that? <laughs> like we're all imagining. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is actually, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I suppose, what do I do? Well, I go back to Dublin a little bit because my family are there. So I go there when I can. But um, I suppose I just go out for dinner and just see all the people that I, um, that I, that I love. It was really fun, and I, I loved the film. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, really fun. So that's it for the run-through. Bye. Happy New Year. The Run-Through of Vogue is a production of Condé Nast Entertainment. The show is produced by Susie Lechtenberg, Chelsea Daniel, and Alex John Burns. It's engineered by Jake Loomis and Gabe Kiroga and mixed by Mike Kutchman. See you soon. Bye. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. Do you ever see a new face or name on your news feeds and say, who the heck is that? Our podcast, Who Weekly, is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Think of us as your cheat code to People Magazine, your glossary for Hollywood, a shortcut to understanding pop culture at large. For the past eight years, Who Weekly has been telling listeners everything they need to know about the celebrities they don't. The New Yorker says we spelunk deep into the demimonde with convivial delight. That's a direct quote. Mostly, we're going to explain to you Irish star Barry Keoghan's sudden rise to fame and relationship with a not-so-under-the-radar pop princess named Sabrina. The fake wedding Real Housewives star Cynthia Bailey had to promote a limo rental company. And why all the Gen Zers you know are talking about a guy named Benson Boone. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we answer the most burning celebrity queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.